Sisters Talk Brothers is a spoiler-filled podcast about the TV show Supernatural. Music credit goes to Hans Adam and their song in the Creative Commons called Paint the Sky. Driver picks the music, Shotgun shuts his cake hole. On with the show. Already, already I hate this. Hello, Kindle. And howdy all our fans and listeners and viewers out there. How y'all doing today? I'm doing okay, you weirdo. <laughs> Welcome to Sisters Talk Brothers, where two real-life sisters discuss those ding-dang fictional boys that like to shoot things and cry. <laughs> Family style. at a time. One tear at a time. <laughs> just one tear at a time. That's really... I mean, just think of all of the emotion they pack into one tear. They're just being efficient. They're being economical with their body moisture. Ew. Ew. How often ew, do we see them drink ew. water, Hannah? How often do they drink water? You know, we. I, I cannot recall a single time, <laughs> but I'm sure they do. At least Sam does. He secretly drinks water. I don't know when he does it. He there hides to do it. There was a scene some point past Bunker, post-Bunker, where Sam was out for a jog, and he comes back and he's drinking water. Right? That's a scene, right? Or am I mixing that up with Changing Channels and the Herpes commercial? (laughs) Wow. I don't know. Man, that's it's really hard to segue from herpes (laughs) into dead people. But we can do it, Hannah. (laughs) Um... (laughs) <laughs> well, a lot of dead people have had herpes. You know what? It is one of the most prevalent uh, conditions among the human race. So yeah, the majority of dead people out there have had herpes. So what I is mean, the if you were to overgeneralize, everyone has it. Yeah. Statistically speaking. <laughs> Statistically speaking. Everybody has it. Just about everybody has it. Or We're a so form good at math, it. Hannah. We're so good at math. <laughs> well, Hannah, in this episode, they do bring dead people back to life. So I have a very, very important question for you. Tell me. If you could bring somebody back to life, who would it be? One of my favorite actors, his name was Anton Yelkin. And oh, yeah. He was in the movie House of D. The Beaver. Um, Hannah. He was in one of Star the Trek. Star Treks. Star Trek. He was in two of the Star was, Treks. I was getting there, but I was kind of like going through like his filmography. Like he was really young when he did House of D. He was a young adult when he did The Beaver. And then Star Trek Why are was all one of his, his titles so films. sexual? Hey, it wasn't even a sexual movie. This guy had like... A mental break, and he started talking to people with a beaver puppet on his hand. Like I said, it starred, sexual. It's, it starred Mel Gibson. <laughs> like I said, sexual. <laughs> Anton Yelkin played his son. It's a great movie, okay? 
But I Anton Yelkin <clears throat> was one of my favorite actors. Um, there's been a few actors that I've gotten, like, borderline obsessed with. And, like, mm. just, like, watched as much of their filmography as I could. I did it with El- Anton Yelkin, Emil Hirsch, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Misha Collins. We watched the Stonehenge Apocalypse movie, didn't we? Yes, we did, because of Misha Collins. Oh, my lord. That was a that was a wild ride. That was an interesting movie. Interesting's a great word for it. Um and I, I I did have a little bit of a personal laugh when you were like, he's one of the few actors I've been obsessed with, and I was like, Hannah. Hannah. Few <laughs> Few. Okay. Me. Yeah. <clears throat> now you did bring up a very good point. I had an answer already in mind, and I will get to my answer, but when it comes to actors, if I were to resurrect an actor, it would be Carrie fucking Fisher. Oh, hell yeah. (sighs) Oh my god. And I don't even know if she'd want to come back. She would probably be kicking in the grave saying, no, put me back down there. I don't want to come back to this shit life. Um, I'm gonna go back up to the stars with my mama. But... Selfishly, selfishly, I would really want Carrie Fisher back because she was just a jewel among mankind. Yes. Sorry, humankind. I shouldn't be... I shouldn't be patriarchal in my language. Is that the word for it? Anywho. um, My first answer, though, was Nikola Tesla. Oh, nice. That that man was brilliant. You would have so much fun with our science. Oh my gosh, he would just come into a laboratory and spank all the scientists. Oh. Not even physically, just like mentally and verbally. And without, he'd be walking around with his metaphorical dick just hanging out, being like, what up? <laughs> what up, fuckers? <laughs> he would walk into Congress and be like, I can give everybody energy now. For free. No problem. <laughs> you all are just stupid assholes. I don't know if that was the accent. He I don't either, spoke with. but I am loving it. Well, I know Tesla's the best. Nikola, who belongs to a Croatian family, so and then I just think of their father and how he talks. <laughs> I mean, valid, valid. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm basing it off of something, but yeah, it, it just Nikola Tesla was the bomb. Dot com. He probably even predicted dot com. Is how much of a bomb he was. And he was so weird. I think he married a pigeon. Hell yeah, he did. I don't know, but I hope so. I know that he was, like, he had an unusual... I think he was, like, like, asexual. Hmm? Probably just to prove, like, a social point. Like, fuck you guys, I'm gonna marry a fucking pigeon. It's been a while since I've read up on his biography. um, Or listened to the podcast about him. Or all the other little things I've done to learn about him throughout my life. But I want to say that he was... And again, like it's not like he wrote down in his journal, I am asexual. <laughs> I don't right. have romantic feelings for people or sexual feelings, but this one pigeon is pretty dope and is my best friend. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not like he actually wrote any of that down, so a lot of it is just supposition on our parts. Right. But he never had Reading a romantic... Between or- the lines... Yeah, like we, there's no ever been evidence of him having a sexual or romantic partner of any kind. So, you know, yeah, it's just not where his mojo went. His mojo went all to his brain. 
to science. For science. He was like He only got boners for science. Times Yes, he was like Bill Nye times Neil deGrasse Tyson times some other smart person times Stephen Hawking. Michio Kaku. Times Michio Misha Kaku. on Kaku? Misha, uh, he's a uh, physicist. Damn, girl, you drop a physicist's name is like, isn't that? And I'm impressed. He's, he's pretty cool. I'll, I'll show him to you sometime. Michio Kaku. He's great. Times all the cool lady in sciences. Like, Ada Lovelace. She was more math, though, wasn't she? Oh, man. And the lady who discovered radiation because she got irradiated, irradiated herself. And the lady who discovered the DNA sequence. And the Marie famous Curie. actress. Madame Madam- Curie, yes. And then the It's the, really the sad actress. that our education doesn't let us know about all these female scientists. Because... Like we we grow up with the names like Nikola Tesla and that fucker Thomas Edison. You know we we know about these. I know that's why I said that fucker. I Um, know. Thank you. (laughs) But like we know about these men scientists like Albert Einstein. But like any female scientist you or I could name is like from things that we've recently learned online. So it's it's harder to think of their names. And we're like, fuck, they're so important, but no one taught us to know that. Okay, I actually just had to Google. Actress who invented, and it comes up, Wi-Fi. The actress who invented Wi-Fi. Wow. Hedwig Eva Maria Keisler. Hedy Lamar. That was her, uh, that was her acting name. Hedy Lamar. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like, and that really smart actress lady who, like, invented Wi-Fi before there was Wi-Fi. Like, come on. Come on. Ladies are so fucking smart, too. Yes, they are. Ugh. We are valid. How did we get from talking about raising people from the dead to (laughs) women in science? So before we get even further off topic, Hannah. Yes. Let's get into season two, episode Four. Four? Four. Four. Children shouldn't play with dead things. Tsk, tsk, tsk. Hey, Kendall, why don't you hit me with that (laughs) re-crap? Hannah, I would be glad to smack you up over the face with some re-crap. No. (laughs) I appreciate... That the beautiful editors of Supernatural are now consistently re-editing the re-crap, which has got to be a shit ton of work. I absolutely appreciate how much time and effort has to go into just finding all the clips, putting them together into one cohesive story, and then making the edits fluid and with the voiceovers, and god damn, it's got to be hard. Yeah. But do we have to hear the hunting people, saving things speech every time? You said hunting people. (laughs) Am I wrong? So, (laughs) I mean, no. (laughs) And in this recap, again, I appreciate all the hard work. We're now in episode four. I doubt anybody watching this week to week has forgotten that daddy died, donkey cried. But this recap ends with the impression that the boys are mad at each 
that the boys are mad at each other. Like it ends with Dean cold cocking Sam <laughs> when actually they've resolved a lot of things and at this point are mostly on the same page. And so if you came back after like maybe it was three weeks since you last watched and you see this recap and you're like, oh, that's right. They're like punching each other and fighting all the time. And then no, they start the episode and they're pretty chill. Because they're pretty chill right now. Yeah. So, editors, I respect your work, I respect your time, and your effort, but come on. Come on. But, Hannah, I don't want to complain about the recap too much, so can you please just start us with the actual delicious meat of this juicy zombie dead cooked flesh episode? Words. Uh Yep. Yep. I I can do that. An overly happy male friend is comforting a girl through a breakup when the ex-boyfriend arrives. Only, when they go back to the kitchen, she's gone. She's driving down the road and crying, but she answers a call from the ex-boyfriend. Crying, plus driving, plus angry phone call, then speeding, equals dying in a car crash. And we cut to the title of Supernatural, even though it seems nothing supernatural has happened. It was very confusing. (laughs) Having not seen this episode in a long time, I was like, so, and? (laughs) I forget. Uh, The demon rain? Was it raining? Uh, Yeah, like, was Was there something spooky? I don't remember. No, I don't think it was raining. I think it was just, she was, like, all the rain was on her face. Her tears of rain. Yeah, just rain of tears, blinding her as she sped down the road, yelling at her boyfriend. So, yeah, no, I couldn't derive anything supernatural from that whatsoever. It was very natural. It was like super natural. <laughs> I'm so funny. <laughs> Go on. <sighs> I I got anxiety watching her drive down the road like that. I was like, I, like I knew what was gonna happen, of course, but um, I was uh, I was like, no, you're gonna uh, <laughs> I know. If you're crying on the road, listeners, please pull over, get the tears out, calm down, and then continue on your way. Because mm-hmm. you kind of have pull to over see on the to side drive. Of road, put on your emergency lights. Like, mm-hmm. like I want. And or or how about this? If you are mad at your significant other because of some shit they pulled, don't answer their call while you're driving you... and or crying. Just, yeah. <laughs> At least wait until you are in a safe space to handle that emotional conflict. Yes. I'm not saying it's her fault, but I'm not not saying it's her fault. Well, I mean, there's, like, you can understand it in a sense because she's so, like, emotionally vulnerable. But, and so young. And so young. Um, When you are feeling overwhelmed, it's best to try... Uh, to get in a safe place and then cry and deal um, so you don't end up in a car crash. So everybody listening while driving, if you start to tear up because this episode is just too emotional for you and you start to feel overclimped, just pull over for a moment. Take a few deep breaths. It's going to be Put on your okay. emergency lights. Yeah. <laughs> Please remember the emergency lights. That's, thank you, Anna. <laughs> she makes a very good point. The emergency lights, though. Anyways, so the boys are driving to visit mom's grave, and Dean is experiencing emotions too accom- too- too- Too accomplished. 
<laughs> too accomplished. Man, and he has just reached max emotions. He has won the game. He doesn't need them no more. <laughs> and Dean is experiencing emotions too complicated for him to handle, so he's acting like it's the stupidest thing to do. Sam is insisting, though, as he thinks it could be something that would help them process their dad's death. That's so emotionally mature of him. Because they don't really, they don't have a grave to visit for their dad. They gave him a hunter's burial. So it's like, um, to say goodbye to their dad, to say goodbye to their mom again, you know, just saying, hey mom, we're still sad. And that he put John's dog tags at the grave so that they could be together. Like, that was sweet. That was sweet. I have a couple questions. One, could it kind of be considered a hunter bur- hunter's burial since Mary burned to the point that there was nothing to bury? Uh, no. They just say bury to the point. Salt. She burned to the it. point. There's salt involved in a hunter's burial. Okay, so that's why she was able to stay attached to the house because she yes. hadn't been, been seasoned before dying. <laughs> yes, because she had You need seasoned. he need that delicious seasoning to get to start the afterlife off on the right foot. Um and two, they mentioned an uncle, like a uh, uh, Mary's brother, I'm assuming, I that buried her. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure in the car ride, they mentioned an uncle. And I feel like in the context, it sounded like it was Mary's brother that had buried her. I mean, Only... I wasn't aware that Mary had a brother. I know, it's a slip up in canon. They done fucked up. Ha, writers, we got you. We got you. You finally (laughs) slipped up. (laughs) You finally made a grievous error in your writing. (laughs) We win. Thought you could pull one over on us, huh? Uh, The sisters sisters. are too wily for you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, yeah, but so so there's a ghost brother out there. They could have cousins. Oh, can you imagine Dean and Sam having cousins? Oh, and they go off on a beach vacation together, and they get to know each other for the first time as family, as adults. And, and then they have adorable. to question... And then they would say, how come when we traveled back in time, we didn't see you? And he would say, oh yeah, I ran off when I was like 16. And that's why I wasn't in those flashbacks. (laughs) But I still (laughs) kept in touch with Mary all those years. Season 15, Hannah. Season 15, it could happen. Season 15, the writers could make this right. It's supernatural. Anything can happen. (laughs) Exactly. They popped a brother out of nowhere. Apparently the brother's coming back. So you know what? (laughs) Oh my god, how could they do that? He, his you know soul, what? His soul they... is like nothing. Yeah, he's gonna come oh back as... And we thought Sam was bad. Jesus! He's been in hell for like a thousand years. Where is Jesus in all this? How come we haven't met Jesus? In 14 seasons of Supernatural, how come we didn't meet... Oh my god, uh, I saw Chuck's a post favorite on Facebook son. that was like, Oh my god, Cass is Jesus? And I'm just like, I'm not even clicking. I am not even clicking on that. Not doing it. I mean, favorite son. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> let's get back on track. Uh, I love this, at, but let's get back on track. <laughs> at the grave, Sam buries John's dog tags. 
Dean is awkwardly waiting for Sam to finish his emotional speech to Mom when he notices a randomly dead tree and a random circle of dead grass, and he's suspicious. Dean does some investigating, finds that it's the grave of Angela buried three days ago, and no one at the cemetery can explain it. By the way, that's the same tree that was burned down in Scarecrow. Ooh. Dean finds a case because of a dead tree. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, creepy full circle. <laughs> and no, I who agree. did Dean and, call? And, who did Dean call? Who are you going to call? The Ghostbusters? I, well, I mean, he does some investigating. He, like, he finds out that it's oh. Angela. Like, who did he call? <clears throat> Wasn't there a, a headstone? No, it had only been three days. She didn't have a headstone yet. It was just the dead tree and the creepy full circle. Okay, so at that point, he called the cemetery owners. Okay. I was just like, "Who? where did you get your information, Dean? Yeah, he called whatever cemetery they were at. Every cemetery has, like, a main office, and they have the people that take care of the grounds. And I, I want to say, I don't know, I've never had to rent a grave zone before so but i want to say there's like a yearly rent fee a grave or something zone? <laughs> <laughs> i want to i want to say there's like a yearly fee or something for a hiring to make things look nice <laughs> you know this is the best grave zone in town right <laughs> Sam thinks Dean's grasping at straws and or making excuses to avoid his feelings. But he agrees he to is. follow through on the sudden hunt. We've looked into less. I mean, he is. I think he was, you know, looking for anything to distract him from them being at their mom's grave, their dad just dying. But he also just happened to be right because he has really good instincts. He does have really good instincts and it does look really creepy when there's a perfectly dead... A, 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 a circle of dead things that is perfectly circular. Yeah. Uh, but... In my notes, I had what happened at Cedar Rapids. Did you catch that at all? Cedar Rapids Supernatural. It was one of those things where they brought up an old hunt, and I'm like, wait, what happened in Cedar Rapids? And I didn't know if it was an episode we'd seen... Or if they were just referencing all those hunts we never see. They're referencing a hunt we never see. They do go to Cedar Rapids, Iowa, but that's in season 11. Okay. Okay, and the next one is from quotes from season 2. Okay. Alright. <clears throat> I just mentioned Cedar Rapids, and I'm like, ooh, is that important? Ooh, piece mm. of candy. Ooh, nope. piece of candy. Not important at all. <clears throat> but I want to say... Hold on. I didn't look yeah. this up before, but oh my gosh, I need to now. It's Cedar Rapids, Iowa, right? Mm-hmm. Real place! Oh, nice! Any good facts on it? Um. It has, uh, it has the National Czech and Slovak Museum and Library, offering exhibits on the history and culture of the 19th century immigrants. Well, that's interesting. Okay. It's the second most populous city in Iowa. Congrats to them. Yeah. They got a lot of people. Good job. Good job. So now that Dean has convinced Sam to at least follow along, 
They go to visit Angela's dad, who is a professor of ancient Greek at a college. At one point, Dean even pulls a book off a shelf and is like, what's all this creepy language? Ooh, it must be supernatural. And he's like, I teach ancient Greek. He's being so pushy, and it it makes me uncomfortable. Uh, Anyway, Sam soft voices his way into the dad's office. And And into his heart. (laughs) And into his heart. (laughs) Sam soft voices his way into his heart. He does. Does it with everyone? And they offer, they offer their sympathies and talk about losing people. And when I mean they, and when I say they, I mean Sam. Sam offers his sympathies and talks about losing people because hey, they just lost somebody too. They're in the like greatest time of talking about losing people, and by greatest I mean the most powerful, not the best. Right. I mean, but it is the best time. But it's a, you know. Yeah, I got you. We <laughs> got you. Dean tries to pull information out of this professor dad. Like, he's trying to pull teeth out of a healthy mouth. Just like, give it to me! But Sam protects what is clearly a grieving father. Professor Dad is such a sweet guy. I felt so bad for Professor Dad. Oh my gosh, Professor Dad. His whole little speech of picking up the phone to call her because it's just... They had such a good relationship, and he just loved his baby girl so much. Yes. And she just died in a car wreck. <laughs> and, like, it, uh, like I, I understand Dean. You know, I know why he does things the way he does. It just, He's so used it to... It broke my heart for Professor Dad. Yeah, like, you get Dean, too. Dean's going through a hard time, and Dean's used to coming across... At least by now, he's experienced several humans doing bad things. Yeah. You know? For good reasons or not. Um, But this is clearly Dean needing there to be a case here so he can have somebody to lash out at. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think we'll get into a little bit later on why exactly that is. But back at the motel. Don't take your grief out on this guy. (sighs) Oh. Take it out on baby, okay? (laughs) You know what Dean needs? Dean needs a gym membership to, like, a kickboxing gym or something. Where he can just go in and punch a bag and kick a bag until he's worn out and then just get into the ring and let it out there, too. That's what he needs. Absolutely. Back at the motel. (laughs) Couldn't we all? <laughs> back at the motel. I've tried to go back to the motel so many times, and we just keep having good conversation, okay? But yes, let's go back to the motel now. Dean is still certain there's a case here, and Sam is just thinking that he's avoiding his emotions, like we said. Is unholy ground even a thing? <laughs> Which, Sam. You tried to save Dean's life on the whole premise of holy ground being a thing, so why would the inverse be true? But okay. Right? <sighs> Fucker. Dean doesn't... <laughs> Dean's in danger and you have a plan. All right, Sam. I'm never going to let him let that go. <laughs> Me Sam, and we Sam don't have time just... for your therapy sessions. This is a hunt. <laughs> well, Dean, we don't have time for your blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. blah, blah. 
I can't wait for that episode. Yes. Uh, Dean doesn't, of course, Dean doesn't like this unwanted feelings talk that Sam is forcing upon him. He's like, dude, only one chick flick moment per episode. This is not the time. And so he goes out for a drink, which, oh, I didn't put that in my themes. Drinks. The beginning of the alcoholism. (laughs) The beginning. The beginning. Then we cut to, because this is too much, it's too much emotion we can't. So we gotta go cut to Angie's ex-boyfriend, Matt, who is at home. And we're thinking, oh, this asshole. He cheated on her. He was a jerk. We hate him. Except he's sitting on the couch watching videos of her just being sad. And you realize that maybe he did love this woman and he's young, dumb, and can we just say stupid Uh, and an idiot? I thought you were going to make that awful. Young, dumb, and full of, you know. Gross, gross, gross. Okay, that was a McElboy reference, so you can shut your face. Hey, they're gross sometimes. Hmm? McElboys are gross sometimes. Still love them. They're deliciously gross. (laughs) I would just bathe them, they're gross. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, Matt is so sad and he needs to drown his sorrows, so he gets up for a drink, and as he's gone, we see a plant on the coffee table wither and die. Dun, dun, dun. He comes back and doesn't notice because he's sad. He just sits and drinks and watches the video play. And at one point, he pauses on her face, and he notices that in her hair, there's a reflection of Angela in a nightgown for... And from where he sees the reflection, she has to be standing behind him. So he turns around and we hear him gasp before we see just a whole lot of arterial spray spatter across the television. Da-da-da! <laughs> Thank you for the thematic music. Oh, it's intense, Anna. This is an intense episode. You gotta do, like, the deep voice and everything. It's You're time for great. the next section. <laughs> Let me just scroll down here. You need to no. scroll down in a deeper voice. <laughs> no need for lot picks. Because yeah. a credit card is all that's needed to break into Angela's home. Yeah. Dean is alone and freaks out her roommate. But I can't do this. <laughs> Dean is alone and freaks out her roommate, but pretends to be Angela's cousin come to pick up some of her stuff. Like, Why does anybody buy Alan this bullshit? Stanwick? Alan Stanwick? I love his voice, though. Oh. Really, he, really, he really sells her on it. Well, this is another classic case where somebody believes Dean just because he's pretty. Mm-hmm. Cannot warn you enough, listeners. Don't trust pretty people. Be extra suspicious of pretty people. If you ever meet me or Hannah in the streets... Don't trust us. I mean, we're completely trustworthy <laughs> people, but you shouldn't just trust us just because we're gorgeous. Okay? So gorgeous. I mean, on a scale of 10, 1 to 10, 10 being best, we're 11s at least. I was going to say I'm a 7.5, sometimes an 8, but... Okay, I'm an 11. <laughs> I'm happy for you. Dean uses this opportunity to interview her roommate who can only cry and say that Angela was... Great. I mean, she was so... Great. Yeah. 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 
This is when he learns about Matt and how he died the night before, and how it seems he committed suicide by slitting his own throat because he kept seeing Angela everywhere. We see their conversation end with Dean charming Matt's address out of her. At the motel, Sam is watching Casa Erotica 4, but he hastily shuts it off when Dean walks in. Awkward. He rubs the actual case into Sam's face and is angry that Sam would ever question his instinct for a case and insulted that Sam would think Dean even has emotions. Ha! <laughs> Dean's big, I told you so. He has a bit of a point, though. But you know how big of a deal it is for Dean that he's ignoring <laughs> Casa Erotica. Which, oh my god, our first Casa Erotica. <laughs> the very first Casa Erotica comes in Season 2, Episode 4. I would have never guessed Season 2. If you asked me where the first Casa Erotica was, I would say like Season 3 at the earliest. But yeah, I I, I, I can't believe it comes before the big busty Asians. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Dean says that all the plants and even the pets were dead at Matt's place. He's not really sure what's going on, but with the help of her diary, he will reach out to her friends. You, told, you stole her fucking diary. Stole her fucking diary. I mean... I mean, I get is it, this, but... Oh, here's, as someone who has a plethora of notebooks, like... Did you say I have a plethora? Someone taking my notebooks man like only you can do that and that's solely for the purpose of getting published but like right. just any old random person coming and looking through my notebooks mm here's the line in the sand though if this were any other case would they have done the same thing because i think the answer is yes if this were a ghost hunting case and they thought yeah that they would angela yeah, Sam would have been the first one going through her diary. Very true. Very true. So, I get it. It's an invasion of privacy. But she is dead, and they are trying to prevent other deaths. It just feels extreme because Dean's motive is in the proving Sam wrong and himself right, not in the save the day place. Yeah, like save, you know, who else is going to die. Yeah. So his motives are wrong, but his actions are right. If it were, if it were I will say right, but case. correct, right, correct, <laughs> correct. <laughs> Left, no. <laughs> so now that they have the help of the diary, the boys go visit the best friend from earlier, pretending to be grief counselors. It's got to be a whole new love for us. Neil doesn't really need their help, but. He's not going to commit suicide like Matt, so... Besides, Matt didn't die from grief. It was because he felt guilty for cheating on her. Ooh, so thanks, but no thanks. So now they think, alright, everything must be fine, right? She died, she got her revenge on Matt, but... Really, if we want to be sure that it's over with, we need to go to the cemetery and burn her body, right? She became right. a ghost. Ghost got revenge. Now ghost needs to move on. Let's salt and burn, right? Yeah. <laughs> Let's season and saute. Sam is dubious about the smells they're about to encounter. You know, at this being point, recently four, dead. Yeah, four day old, fresh in the ground. Ripe. 
corpse, C corpse. Yeah, even in my even in my notes, I was like, "Ooh, yeah, a ripe body." Oh, it's gonna smell delicious. Oh god, so good, so good, so ripe. But Sam goes along because you know what? Maybe they're only used to dealing with husks. <laughs> But there's no time like the present to learn a new skill. <laughs> so that night, they dig the grave. There's the coffin. They open it up, and <gasps> it's empty. And on okay. the coffin... Uh-huh. Okay, like, I feel like they should have been more sneaky for someone who had recently died, because I feel like this soon after the death, there would be, like, more people coming to say their goodbyes. And, and, like, maybe don't... in their own time. You never know. I mean, but you never know how sneaky they were. They might have set up some sort of perimeter. Yeah, okay. Uh, but, yeah, you're I, right. I it's... get nitpicky sometimes. Because, like, that's all I could think of was that, you know, if this girl had just passed away, like, I feel like more people would be coming and saying their goodbyes. Like, maybe they didn't want to... Maybe they wanted their alone time with her to, like, like talk out loud, like... Maybe you felt uncomfortable at the funeral with so many people and you want to come say your goodbyes by yourself. You have to think, though, they've been investigating this case and they are fairly aware of the locations and mental places of the majority of people that were close to her. Okay, yeah. Fair uh, point. When, when you first mentioned this, my thought was that the cemetery had been looking out for grave robbers. <laughs> I was like, eh, that hasn't really been a thing for the last fifth, at least... 60 to 80 I mean, some years of the or more, so. Some of the more um, higher populated areas, um, big memorials, you know, they might have a night watch sometimes. For famous people, yeah. But for Jane Smith down the road, nah. Her body ain't needed for science. Nobody paying for that anymore. They got enough fuel being donated. Where were we? Am I reading? Mm-hmm. You were going to tell me about the coffin? Yes. <laughs> That's how sidetracked we got. I was like, where were we? I don't remember. So, yeah, all right. So they found the coffin. It's empty. Oh, no. What's going on here? And I guess the silk was torn on the coffin, and Dean looks under it. And what do you know? There's some Greek symbols carved on the wood of the coffin. Looky, looky, you get a cookie. Looky, 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 here comes cookie. Cooks, pest Pest control. control. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't been in Tennessee in a while, and that's still with me. All right. You're welcome. So now the boys know something is actually up. Like, Dean's even more like, ha, 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 ha. Things are connecting. We thought she was a ghost. She's not a ghost. She's not even here. And there's Greek symbols like her daddy. We've got to investigate this. So we, the viewers, we got to know what's up for the boys, right? We can't just discover this alongside them. So we get a shot back at Niels. And this kid is going downstairs to the basement. And Angela's there. And he's not even surprised. He looks a little, like, torn. Like, ugh, is this the right thing? I'm, ugh, I don't know. 
as she walks up and she kisses him. And he's like, oh no, I guess I have to makey makey outie outie. Necrophilia. It's the bestia. (laughs) (laughs) Now they are forcing their presence upon the grieving father again. Only Dean is far more forceful as he thinks that the professor dad must have something to do with this. They've copied down the Greek symbols they found in the coffin and would like the father to explain himself. Turns out they are necromancy symbols used to bring people back to half-life. Like zombies. So it's time to name Name that that monster. Because that's right, kids. We're dealing with zombies. Did you know that zombie is a Haitian term? Yep. The zombie myth originated from there with stories of magic that would reanimate the dead. Hmm. I actually learned a lot about this uh, when I was doing my other podcast. And we did the a review of the first zombie movie ever. Oh yeah, was that uh, White Zombie? Yeah. Ooh, good memory. I couldn't remember the name of that. <laughs> And I think Rob Zombie did a mm-hmm. music after, yeah, based on that movie. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, that was I his first do... band. Uh, Rob Zombie's first band was White Zombie, and then he went solo as just Rob Zombie. And he does movies. The more you know. The more you know. So tell me more about the monster. Well, if I'm gonna do zombies, I have to go to Zombiepedia. Of course. There's a zombiepedia? Of course there's a zombiepedia. Of course there's a zombiepedia. And of course I have to go to zombiepedia. So, according to zombiepedia, killing a zombie is defined as turning a moving corpse into a corpse that no longer moves. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (coughs) Because you can't kill something that's dead, right? I like that clarification. Yes. The key Let's to turn making... this mobile corpse into an immobile corpse. <laughs> exactly. So the key to making a zombie stop moving is destroying the brain. And this page is very detailed and even includes a section on common mistakes to avoid. Wow. Such as, and I quote, Some types of zombies are immune or ignorant of the sounds of gunfire. Some hone into it. Before letting off rounds indiscriminately, it's best to know which type is present, end quote. And, yeah, and another common mistake to make, besides just ignoring what type of zombie you're about to shoot at, is that, you know, maybe you don't know how much effort it takes to break open a skull. And maybe you need to know when it's easier to break open the skull and when it's better and easier to sever the head from the body. And there's also a section on things to consider before committing to a battle with zombies. Like, is there an easy route to escape through? Do you even have enough energy to bash in a skull right now? So, all good things to consider before engaging with zombies. Right? Right. Anyways... Enough of Zombiepedia. Let's get back to Haitian zombies. So Haitian zombies are brought about by a necromancer or a sorcerer called a bakor. B-O-K-O-R. 
And these are physical zombies that are slaves to the Bakor. And then there are also astral zombies, where the Bakor captures part of the dead person's soul and uses it to enhance their own body. Sorry, and uses it to enhance their own power. Or, like, you know, they could just bottle it and sell it to the local shop owner for good luck. Like, yo, Sue down the street just died, and so I captured part of her soul in this bottle. Would you like to pay me $5 for it? It'll bring you extra good luck in your store. Yeah? Okay. Good doing business with you. Bye-bye. That makes sense. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It completely makes sense, right? (laughs) (laughs) So it said that this myth, this legend, the story started when Africans were brought over as slaves, but they had the belief that they would be gathered up by God after death and taken back to Africa. Mm. Unless they were bad, in which they would be a slave to God after death. And the slave drivers, who were usually, if not current slaves and former slaves themselves, and also you know, became quote-unquote ordained as voodoo priests, would then use this myth to discourage suicide in such among slaves. Like, oh, don't die for bad reasons or you'll become a zombie. You know, I know you want to go back to Africa after you die. Um, There was also something about salt and how zombies could be saved with it. But I got really sleepy, Hannah, and I didn't want to read anymore. So that concludes Name Name That. That... Monster! I do want to clarify real quick, though. Yeah. Voodoo isn't all about zombies and stuff. And it's not a religion that was purely used to control populations of slaves. From my understanding, it's a very interesting and magical and historical. And, like, there's all these gods that are associated with it. Very cool religion, very worth looking into. Not all dark magic and zombies. I just want to put yeah. that out there. Not what I think. We only just looked at the zombie portion of that religion. Okay. By this point, Dean is really projecting. Like, he is raging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's so mad that someone else isn't dealing with their grief, but Sam is objective enough to realize that this father really is just actually sad. Dean only lets up when Sam points out how much greenery is flourishing in the house. Dean, look! Beautiful, living plants. Look at all these beautiful plants! <laughs> uh, look, living plants. He's not a necromancer. <laughs> He's such a great gardener. <laughs> May we compliment you on your green thumb, sir? Green thumb, sir? <laughs> green thumb. Your green thumb is so beautiful, <laughs> Mr. Greek Professor. <clears throat> they get out of the house as the dad calls the cops, and Sam lays into him about how unhealthy Dean is being when it comes to channeling his emotions this episode. Because then you're downright scary. At first, Dean fights it, but when Sam shows he's scared about losing the only family he has left, Dean lets up, and they find a momentary truce. <clears throat> oh, it's so sweet. This is the chick flick woman, right? This is the one chick flick woman of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful uh, they're both dealing in their own ways but Dean does need to calm down and he sees that Mm-hmm. Uh, our lives are weird man <laughs> back with Neil and Angie Neil is freaking out about Matt's death suspecting she had something to do with it she reassures him that she's been there the whole time and kisses him into compliance 
Just all them smoochy smoochies. I'm telling she's you, don't so, trust pretty She's people. creepy. She's creepy, like, wrong. Like, yes, bitch, I think you could do something like that. <sighs> You're right, I love you now, your fucking sex murder puppet. It, I, I can see how he brings Angela back to life. <clears throat> And he thinks you're the same Angela, and Angela would never kill people. Mm-hmm. So he's just starting to worry now because if she's already changed so mu- changed so much to already be madly in love with him, what else could have changed about her? You know, like what other extreme could she have flipped to? I just think that would be creepy. Like if, say, my wife and I had a different relationship, and I just been pining after her for years and years and years. And then, like a flip of the switch, she was just madly in love with me. I think I would be weirded out and not into yes. it because suddenly you're so not the person I was I've in love loved. with. Yeah, so weird. Anyways, so the problem is that now they have too much lore on their hands, <laughs> <laughs> like the opposite of their usual problem. Like maybe silver's their best bet. All right. Uh. Maybe it's dogs. Maybe it's another pure brass blade. Who even knows? But they're going to go with silver because silver works for so many things, right? It works for the shape shifters. It, oh, I said it right. Did I say it right? Yeah, you did. Congratulations. Wow. I'm going to clap for you. Mm. So they do it for those. They do it for... Uh, does silver work on vampires? Can't remember. Definitely works on werewolves. Um... That's all I can think of right now. But it works on so many things. So, you know um, what? Um, it's kind of um, like a cure-all. It works on the gen. But it it's got to be dipped gin. in lamb's blood. Yeah. Silver dipped in lamb's blood, yep. What is the fancy word for a cure-all? What is the fancy word for a cure-all? It's like a panacea. There you go. <laughs> there you go. It's a Silver fancy word is... for a cure-all. <laughs> Silver is the panacea for the monster world. Okay. So they're going to go with silver. But before they can attempt to kill it, they need to know who did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do. I'm thinking of, like, the person who smelt it, dealt it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Dean's putting his money on Neil. His best friend game is, like, a little too on point. And also, throw in the kicker, he's also the professor's assistant. So, of course, he's going to know some Greek shit. So, right? yeah, they go back to Neil's house. Your grief counselors, we've come to hug. <laughs> with their guns loaded love with it. silver bullets. I love, it. I love it. It's all quiet, but there's a door with an extra lock. Ooh, spooky. Ooh. So they go to investigate as it leads them downstairs to the basement, where we know she was being kept, actually. But no one is down there either. So she must have escaped, but... Who would she kill next? There's dead plants. Uh, huh? There is dead plants. And there's dead plants everywhere. So they're like, okay, yeah. She was definitely here. <laughs> She's got a funk that will just lay to waste any plants around her. And also, like, he loves her, but he keeps her locked in the basement. Mm. Yeah. That does say something, right? He doesn't trust that he just brought something back from the dead. Yeah. Do you think doesn't. she still smells dead? I, I... Like, I would imagine her being, like, a vampire, like, no scent. Like I think she stone. would have, 
an earthy, corpsey scent to her. Like, very light. Like, a, just a little perfume. A light, a light eau de corpse. Exactly. Eau de corpse. <laughs> <laughs> well, that eau de corpse is enough to just lay out anybody in her I want that to presence. be the episode title, Eau de corpse. Eau <laughs> <Low> de corpse. <laughs> so good. Um, <sighs> all right. So who is she going to kill next, though? Probably the person who, like, uh, banged her boyfriend, right? Mm -hmm. But who could that have been? And Dean's like, I've only seen one other woman on this case. (laughs) (laughs) That must be who it was. She was sad that Matt died. Isn't it weird that she was sad that Matt died? (laughs) I bet you Dean reads romance novels. He must. (laughs) Romance and Vonnegut. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, and the Supernatural books, when they do come out, you know Dean reads those books. <laughs> I'm full frontal in this one. <laughs> anyway, sure enough, we see the roommate packing up Angela's stuff when the zombie herself pops up to attack her. <laughs> the roommate... All right, I hate narrating fights because so much happens in a fight. They fight. <laughs> they fight. She gets... She gets cornered at one point by Angie, who's just grabbed the most gigantic scissors known to mankind. Like, who even needs those scissors? What do you use those scissors for? I think those are, like, quilting scissors, but there's no evidence that either of these women quilts, so who knows? Anyways, the Rumi ducks the scissors, she falls to the floor, Angie swings down at her, but Rumi kicks her knee fucking out. Should have run while she was down. She could have. And so the, and somehow when the Angela falls to the floor because her knee just got dislocated, she falls onto the scissors as well. And I can completely understand the roommate at this moment of not running away because one, I thought my roommate was dead. Two, my roommate's not dead. Three, I just killed my roommate and is now actually dead. Four, (laughs) I. I cheated. I I, hell, I I had sex with her boyfriend. Like, there's so many emotions going through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, my roommate has died twice now, and both times it was my my fault. fault. <laughs> um. And in the middle of her freakout, Angela's eyes pop back open, and she grabs Rumi by the hair. Does Rumi ever even get a name? I don't even know. It's sad. I'm, I don't know. And Angela just slowly pulls the scissors out of herself and is about to kill Rumi when the boys show up and just shoot her full of their load of silver. But we know now that silver doesn't work because she don't die and she's able to run away easily. So let's go ahead and mark silver off the list. Yep, silver's a bust. We should try dogs next. The boys are in the car. Pigs will eat anything. We should try pigs. Yeah, pigs would work. Yeah. Death by pigs. They'd probably be be sick afterwards, poor things. Don't do that to your pigs. Listeners, listeners, don't do this. Uh. Yeah. It's just so gross to think about. They might be turned off by the eau de corpse. Yeah. (laughs) That embalmy scent you know <laughs> yeah oh they fucking would have embalmed her uh yeah that's what i'm saying that's fucking formaldehyde smelling ass bitch load of corpse <laughs> just cremate me i don't need that 
scent upon my body. Mm -mm. The boys are in the car, on their way to find Neil. The silver did something, but apparently not enough. The next best idea is nailing Angela back into her (laughs) coffin. Now that is a pretty tall... (laughs) (sighs) Now that's a pretty tall order to stake her back in her coffin. They gotta, like, lay a trap or something. Like, the nailing them in the grave, that's... <laughs> Isn't that oh, a vampire Angela, thing? Here, we just have something to show you. Yeah, that's a vampire thing. Uh, so, they're getting their lore a little confused. But hey, maybe the, maybe the lore is confused. Yeah, maybe know. the lore is confused. Like, they had so much lore to go on. Maybe the lore don't know. They find Neil at the office and confront him. Dimgi, Dimgi, Dimgi. <laughs> Dean gives the speech again about how the dead should stay dead. Ha 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 ha. Neil plays it cool, but eventually admits that she should be at his house. Dean notices the dead plants in the office and realizes that Neil's lying. She's somewhere in the office. Dean starts making up a story about the complicated ritual they have to perform in order to unzombify her. Sam looks confused, but picks up on the whole gig pretty quick. They insist that Neil needs to come with them, but Neil is acting afraid and says no. So they say to just get out of there as soon as he can, with no sudden actions that could make her mad. I mean, at least they, um, at least he tried to warn him. They did try to warn him, and he did try to listen, and the acting was good enough at this point that for a moment I thought that maybe Neil didn't realize she was in the office with him. Like, maybe he hadn't caught on to the whole pants, plants being killed by the load of corpse. Yeah. But everything was so beautifully subtle. Yes. I'm sorry, did you say something? Like, everything was so subtle in this scene. Very that it well really done. benefits from a rewatch. Even just Sam's very quick picking up on it and Neil's commitment to I'm not going to say anything out of character because I know she's listening in. Yes, yes. So good, so good. As soon as they leave, Neil goes to talk to her, disappointed by her behavior. He's shocked at her wounds and realizes that he, she's killed and will kill those two men as well. She asks for his help, says they need to go to the cemetery, and he says he will help her, that he just needs to get to the car first. Oh, because he's a murderous lady. But he sees it now. He sees it now. I just wonder, like, would it have been better if he had said, hey, let's go to the car and we'll go stop these men? Like, was his mistake in saying, oh, I just need to, like, pop out for a minute to go do a thing? I do think that was a mistake. I think what he should have said was, I think he should have told her to stay there. He's like, I, if he had been like, I don't want them to hurt you. Please wait here. I'm going to go stop them. I can't lose you again. Mm. That's what he should have said. Either that or, okay, let's go get in the car and go to the cemetery and maybe get there first. Mm-hmm. He definitely wasn't acting in love to his fullest capabilities at that moment, which he cannot be blamed because he just realized I am with an undead murderer right now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and it's yeah, all my was, fault. He was too scared. You you often cannot think clearly when you are so scared, and the person you've been in love with that you committed black magic 
for to bring her back is suddenly murderous and will probably kill you and more people. Yeah. That's yeah. fucking terrifying, and I don't blame him a bit. I don't blame him He at did all. his I'm best. Just, I'm just sad. He did his best. <laughs> that baby tried so hard. He tried so hard. He just don't know. He's freaking out as he goes to the car, dropping his keys, and when he stands back up, she's right there. She assumes that he was going to leave without her and snaps his neck on principle. That's, that's pretty <laughs> assumptuous of her, I just want to say. like, Yeah. Why she she just, really jumped the gun on that. Like She didn't even give him a chance to explain. There was no sympathy. But you know I was what? getting She's your coat zombie, out of the so... car. <laughs> also, how fast know. can she move as a zombie that she was able to get to the car at the same time as him without him ever having heard a thing? Like, She's yeah. fast and stealthy. Ugh. The worst <sighs> kind of zombie! <sighs> so... We go to the graveyard to see the boys are lighting candles to set the mood. <laughs> Sprinkling a little trail of loaded corpse <laughs> to try and draw her in. They hear noises that they assume correctly are her coming and they get ready. Sam has his gun up and he's scouting the area. And she begins sneaking up behind him. But he turns around too quickly. He was ready. He got it. He's on point. She pleads for mercy. But despite her pleas for a second chance, Sam, for the first time in his life, shoots and hits right between Yay! the eyes. Good job, Sam. But and I just, I just want to say, I thought she did a pretty good job of pleading because mm -hmm. I would have hesitated and died, and that's why I'd make a better man of letters than a hunter. <laughs> I don't know if I would be better. Which one I'd be better as? I'll I, I would have hesitated. <laughs> like, if I were a hunter, then I would have, I would be, um, I'd be a Garth kind of hunter. Mm. Like, I don't even know how I survived that situation, but here I am. Tell me what I missed. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what happened back there, but I won. <laughs> I think if it were me and my wife, we would be hunters. If it were me by myself, maybe men of letters. I don't know. I, I don't I'd know. be I'd be like ma majority men of letters, and then occasionally Garth. <laughs> I would be majority hunter, occasionally men of letters. Anyways, can I just point out <laughs> that poor yes. Sam gets his first shot, and of course it doesn't do Jack Diddley. <laughs> <laughs> poor guy, he just can't <laughs> win, so he begins running. She chases him, and she knocks him down, breaking his wrist, wink, wink, and she has his head in her hand, she's about to twirl, but Dean shoots her, and he shoots her again, and again, and again, until she falls into her coffin, and Dean dives in, and stakes her to the, to the box, and then her body lies still, and the day is done. See, when Dean shoots, shit happens. <laughs> When Sam shoots, he Dean either misses done. or it's pointless. <laughs> or she dies. Or she dies, yeah. <sighs> so they rebury her and they wish her peace. Sam praises Dean for his idea, but wishes he didn't have to play the bait. 
because you know he thinks his hand is broken <laughs> yeah it is by the way it's 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 actually broken irl yeah jared padalecki broke his wrist when a phone hit him <laughs> <laughs> As they walk to the car, they pass by Mary Winchester's headstone and Dean lingers, but he's good. He doesn't need it. So they get in the car and they drive off, but later, Dean pulls the car to the side of the road and gets out because Dean knows better than driving while crying. Even if it's just one single tear, he knows for safety reasons he needs to pull off the side of the road to have his emotional talk. This is the chick flick moment. This is the chick flick moment. You were right. The other one was just like a precursor. (laughs) He apologizes for his behavior. And he apologizes for the fact that their dad is dead. Because deep down, they both know that miracles like that don't just happen. Yeah. They don't know the details, the how, why, when, or what. But they do know that the reason John is dead is definitely because it was for Dean's life. Dean should be dead. What's dead should stay dead. Twice now. Dean should be dead. Twice now. Twice Twice he should have been dead. And then Mm -hmm. pretty soon a bunch of times where he does die. (laughs) Yep. And a single, single man tear falls down his face. A single man tear. As he points out that there's nothing to be said or done that can fix what he's feeling. Mm-mm. He's just broken. He's just empty inside. As we'll see in season five. Mm. Oh, intense, intense, intense. Hannah. Yes. There's only one way to discuss this intensity. Themes. Themes. Hit me with them dank themes. Graves. Yeah, graves. Grave digging. I feel like there's going to be a lot of grave digging digging this season. It is interesting that when you think of Supernatural, you do think, oh, they're always in graveyards digging up graves. But those are actually fairly infrequent. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a a kind of reverse graveyard scene. (laughs) Got them. Put them back where they belong. (laughs) Well, I said I was going to keep track of this, and I kind of did. Drinking. The progression of drinking as a crutch for Dean. But -hmm. also we saw it with the um, boyfriend. Oh, and I didn't mention it last episode when he was drinking with Gordon. Like, there's definitely becoming a strong connection between... I think we mentioned it a bit. Maybe not in Obliquely. Yeah, but it's definitely becoming, you're starting to see a correlation between Dean drinking and dealing therapy, feelings. Mm-hmm. So we're getting a stronger connection here to the extent that when he can't handle his conversation with Sam, his answer is to go out and get a drink. Mm-hmm. Like, not even, I'm going to go to a six-pack and come back here and chill. I'm going to escape, and the way I escape is to go get drinks. Not even a hookup or whatever, just drink drinks. He needs to like pick up mini golf or something. <laughs> I mean, he does a bit when he's with Lisa. Yeah. He started golfing. Uh, I had a theme of what's dead should stay dead. I had that as a theme too. Yeah, the yay. I had Not it. The cracker. Not the cracker. I had it more as a 
dead isn't dead for these guys. <laughs> okay. I mean, come on, Hannah. It's season... We're about to start season yeah, 15. Yeah, dead isn't dead. Dead isn't necessarily dead. <laughs> yeah, it's about to be season 15, and one, ain't nobody dead anymore. <laughs> no. Not but, really. But... How many times have our three main cast members died? Like, we're on a track now. We have two for Dean. <laughs> two where he should have been dead. Two where he legit, just because of nature, should have been dead. And he's not. And yet they haven't died. And at and early on, this is such a thing for them. But as we see the series progress, we're going to see them slowly become disconnected from death to the point where fuck it we're just gonna kill death because or, or like i'm gonna die so that we can you know save all these ghosts and then i'm gonna come back because that's something we can just fucking do now like i'm just gonna die for a little bit you know yeah i don't even think wake that me up when it's been seven thing. minutes <laughs> yeah i don't think that death is even a real thing for them now and they've both been to heaven and hell so many times without even dying that are those places even terrifying for them now? I mean, and on some level, yes, but... I mean, Sam had a whole, you know, come at me, bitch, in, in a room full of demons in, like, the last season. Like, <laughs> I'm yeah, Sam I... fucking Winchester, bitch. Come at me, bro. I know. I think it's definitely a good thing that they are, after 15 fucking seasons, ending it just because... There's, there are no more threats for them because they've already been there, done that. Death is lost even everything. Real for them. <laughs> you know, they gained ain't got it. nothing to lose. They've lost it all. They've gained it all back and lost it all again. Like there is nothing you can do to them. They are untouchable to the point where they aren't even sad about the fact that they aren't dead. Now it's almost like their God-given right to be alive. Mm-hmm. So, but they're not there yet. Right now, they're dealing with the very deep and real emotion of our whole job is to save lives. And part of that is making sure that mainly ghosts stay dead. <laughs> <laughs> and am I even doing my part in this world? Am I even serving a good or greater purpose by being alive when my fate was... I should be dead by now. Like, what am I fucking up in the world? What am I causing to go wrong by being alive now? Mm -hmm. <sighs> so good. What was the um, thing that you had? Repressed feelings. Okay, it's... I had a theme of one not wanting to talk and the other wanting to talk. <laughs> the, yeah, those, those can be similar. Uh, they're definitely a little better about it in these early seasons, I think. Probably because there hasn't been so much betrayal between the two of them yet. Once they start doing things that they know the other would perceive as super wrong or perceive as a betrayal, they will start hiding from each other more. But mm -hmm. we do see at least somewhat here early on. They've been through something traumatic and Dean still has a secret that he hasn't told yet, but he's at least letting Sam in on a little bit of the secret that they, like the open secret of we both know. Let's just, let's, this we're ready. Let's talk about it now. John's dead because of me. Like, it's not my fault, mm. but he, he made that is. choice because of me. 
Dean thinks it is, but like, what could Dean have done differently? It's only your fault if you could have done something differently. That's a good point. I mean, really, if you want to think about it, this is Sam's fault. Because, I mean, either way, their dad dad would have been dead. But at least if Sam had acted differently and shot John when John had the demon inside of him, they would still have the cult and the demon would be dead. It would all be over and their dad would still be dead and it would be Sam's fault. But either way, their dad's dead now and it's still Sam's fault. And yeah, and I think him killing John would have been a a spur, a spur into um, the demon's plans. It like that have... kind of that patricide, that patricide. It 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 would have had we would have had a whole different story to work with, like him dealing with having killed his own father and what that means for him. And then he finds out that he's got demon blood in him, and he was like, "Well, I did kill my father. Like, obviously, I've been a freak this whole time. Like, blah blah blah. Like, whole different storyline." The... But would have Yellow Eyes' plan even come to fruition if he had been dead? Would the gates of hell have opened? Would the apocalypse have started? Like, there's a lot of what-ifs down that road. But mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest issues, if Sam had made that choice, is would Dean have ever forgiven Sam? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I think that would be the biggest turning point in that. So I do think that Sam made the right decision, just in terms of, like, either well, way your Dean dad's going to die. Heard that, Dean wouldn't have heard John say, if you can't save Sam... You have to kill him. He would have never had that little nugget in his brain. But I think that actually spurs Dean in this timeline to be even more protective of Sam. Right? So if Sam yeah. had looked down both lines and said, okay, either way, my dad's dead. And in one timeline, my brother hates me and, I don't know, the apocalypse still happens. But in this one, my dad's dead, apocalypse happens, but my brother and I are at least more or less on the same page and still have a relationship. I think he would choose the one where... You know what? If my if it has to happen, at least let me have my family still. And he even says that in this episode. Like, Dean's all he has left. He doesn't want to mm-hmm. lose Dean. So he made the right decision, but it is ultimately like if you had to point a finger, I would point it. Well, I would point it at Demon, obviously. But obviously, <laughs> yeah. You know, obviously, if we're pointing fingers, if we're pointing let's fingers. Let's go with the obvious. But you can see where Sam was kind of the linchpin in that moment. Mm-hmm. I had a theme of, it's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap? Oh, the trap of the graveyard. <laughs> mm-hmm. Although very, I can't even say it was a really good <laughs> trap, but the lying about the ritual they were doing to lure her there was a very good trap. I appreciated yeah. that. Yes. Uh, my other themes were like, I don't know, single man tier, Casa Erotica, Breaking I had Casa, I had Casa Erotica, Motel. Yeah. College kids and Greek mythology. Very good. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye out for those, too. College kids is pretty common. The motel didn't stand out to me, but you're right. They're in a motel. I forgot. You know what we haven't seen in a, a while? What? A library. What a library. <sighs> Whatever happened to the good purity of a library? Well, like, given how wrong we were last season, I'm I'm just going to say, we'll probably see him again. We'll probably see him again. <laughs> I, I am not going <laughs> to plant my flag on this hill. Oh, no. <laughs> I did that once before, and I got burned. <laughs> hey, Kendall. Yeah, Hannah? What did you hate? 
harder to find things that just straight up hate. Especially because in talking things over with you, those things become fun possibilities. Like, okay, I didn't like the fact that they mentioned Mary having a fucking brother out of nowhere. But you know what? There's still one season left. <laughs> Maybe they're going to um, retcon that. Um, I, my my I love wasn't... and hate it is not reflected in my notes at all. Like, if you read all of my notes and then you got to the love it, hate it, and you'd be like, really? Because yeah. it, it doesn't say anything like that in your notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, then help me find a hate. What did you hate? I hated Neil for being a desperate pervert who got a lot of people killed. And see, that was my next thing was... But, like, if I you look at my notes, I was, like, sympathizing with Neil, you know? <laughs> well... That's my thing. Like, like, yeah, I totally understand. Like, but I hated my... him for being a desperate pervert who got a lot of people killed. My other thing I was going to dislike was how his character was portrayed. Because you can see how much he's in love with his best friend. Mm-hmm. But then it's almost unbelievable how quickly he's able to accept the fact that he was able to bring her back to life. But then in discussing it, we do kind of realize they did build enough there that you are sympathetic. I guess what I could say I hate is that we only get, what, four scenes with Neil? The beginning when he's uh, comforting her through this breakup and he's clearly pleased. In love with her. Then we see the grief counselor interaction him down in the basement with her, and then him in the office with her. That's all we really get with Neil. And we learn through exposition that he's her dad's assistant. I think it would have been interesting to see him in his more calculating moments and see him trying to control her through this Greek necromantic practice. It would have been more interesting to see his conflict played out instead of, I mean, granted, it was very well acted. You could see the conflict in his face when she came to kiss him, but he mm-hmm. gave in so quickly. It would have been more interesting to see that played out. So, all right, yes, I'm going to say my hate as well. Come on, Nutcracker is Nutcracker. Neil. Nutcracker! They could have fleshed him out a little more and given oh, yeah, us I more to work with I agree with you entirely. If, if they had shown those different sides, I probably wouldn't have hated this but like you can see from like <clears throat> the way they framed the episode that like it just seemed pervy and like sexual and I'm like he's up in here fucking this zombie like just gross like he was so desperate for her that he brings back this sex murder puppet for himself when when not that he knew murder time, was part of the deal <laughs> <laughs> not, not that that was supposed to be in the deal, but... Yeah. Yeah, but like just being in love with your best friend, it's not enough to see that for five seconds post-breakup. Because is it just infatuation? Is he really her best friend and he really does want what's best for her? Like, show us that desperation. Show us that funeral scene. Oh, the funeral scene would have been a perfect place to show, like... He's not even crying. He just has this determined look on his face like, no, fuck this. You know? Yeah. I think that would have been an more like, interesting way to Like, how long did they this. know each other beforehand? Like, how many years were they best friends? Like, 
How but many no. crappy relationships have he's has he seen her go through? And this was the one that killed her. Like, yeah. But no, just we had rage. to use all that time to talk about the boys and their emotions because, you know, their dad died, like, a year ago. <sighs> do you know what you loved? I do know what I loved. What did you love? And I was pretty effusive when we talked about it. Mm-hmm. I loved the scene, but actually all the scenes in the office when there was so much doublespeak going on. Mm. So first with... Uh, Professor Dad and the double speak happening between Dean and Sam. But the one I really loved was in the office later when Neil is hiding Angela and Dean realizes it and decides to lay the trap there and Neil's playing along while also putting up the ad for Angela and Sam's catching on and playing along with Dean and it's so subtly, like if you were just listening to audio, you would believe what they're saying, but then watching their faces, ah, it's beautifully yes. written, beautifully acted, well done. Golf clap. Yes. What did you love, Hannah? I loved Zombie Angela for righting wrongs and kicking ass. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is like, what, three times now you've loved a, ma- a, a female character? I love the ladies. Mm-hmm. So you say. <laughs> no, she she's definitely badass. Love her. Great villain. Great villain. Yeah, because I love, like, in, in her life, yeah, she let this guy, like, walk all over her, or however things fell, you know. But, like, she comes back from the dead, and she's like, this motherfucker, he cheated on me. He He's gotta die. die. This bitch right here, <laughs> she slept with my boyfriend. She gotta die. That's my fucking roommate. And she slept with my boyfriend. Mm-mm. And so she fucking kills him. The boys, These two the boys guys come after gonna her. Kill me? They wanna they kill me? Mm-mm. They gotta die. <laughs> Neil, you are my best friend. I love you, but you're trying to stop me too. You gotta die. Like <laughs> Riding wrongs and kicking ass. Like she knew what she wanted uh... and she went after it. She took control of her afterlife. And in this three-step program, we will show you how you too <laughs> can take back your afterlife. Step one: purchase load of corpse. Load of corpse two. is key. Key. So key. It's the it just it just lures, lures your victims. Yes. Step two: make a list of everybody who's ever wronged you. <laughs> Step three: kill them. <laughs> Step four, next time on Sisters Talk Brothers. When you're surrounded by darkness. Next time on Sisters Talk Brothers, we will be discussing Supernatural Season 2, Episode 5, Simon Said. Sam's visions lead them to Andy Gallagher, 23, another chosen one. Dean falls victim to Andy's mental powers, allowing Sam, who can't be affected, to hear his brother's buried fears. Realizing that, Sam asks his brother to let them go ahead while they rescue Tracy, the victim of Andy's previously unknown twin. Weber's abilities with control, far superior to both Sam and Andy, could spell doom for Dean. This synopsis was brought to us by Drifa Baljet. Thank you, IMDb. That was... Very interesting for me to read. It's a lot of details in there. I kind of, I kind of felt like I was on a roller coaster. It was uh-huh. like, 
it, it really took me through the episode in a whirlwind, and he that tells was fun. the story in a way that he lets you know what happens, kind of beginning to end. I'm like hyped. Out- I'm like, what's going on? Yeah. yeah, but he leaves out the meat, <laughs> and the the he, he he gives you the bones. He gives you the bones yeah. and makes him the sinew, but he leaves out the muscle and the fat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a it's a very um. Nope, I lost it. <clears throat> I'm so excited for this episode Me for one reason. Too. Andy, fucking love Andy. Nope. Man, I would be best friends with Andy. Freaking hanging out in that van. Ah, Andy's my freaking favorite psychic kid. I'm saying it here, I'm saying it now. Andy is my favorite psychic kid. I love this episode because Stonehenge, (laughs) where the demons dwell. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that freaking van, the music. Ah, That's really the only thing I remember from this episode is Stonehenge. (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. I I I hope the episode stands up in my memory to it does. Stonehenge. Da 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 da. Yes, this da. is a very this is a very compelling episode. It's hilarious. It's got it's got some drama. It's got some suspense. Does it have load of corpse? No, it does not. <sighs> Well, you know, it's missing that something, something. Then, <sighs> I mean, I'm and sure there's just, corpses for just in two this payments of twenty five ninety nine. You also can have little corpse <laughs> in twelve easy payments. <laughs> uh, well, Hannah, it has been an absolute pleasure discussing this episode with you. I've had such a good time. If I wanted to write you to tell you how good of a time this has been. Where would I write to you at? You can reach me on Tumblr at jailbreakfiend or Everything Overlord. That's Mamisha blog. Oh, or you can reach me on Instagram at jailbreakfiend. Spelled the same, sounds the same. How can Boys. I, or they, how can anyone that wants to <laughs> reach you? You can find me on Tumblr at Kindle Abroad, K I N D L E A B R O A D, <laughs> or on Instagram at Kindle Kindle Kindle. And if you would like, beautiful, beautiful listener, ugh, have I told you lately just how fantastic you are and how wonderful you are and how you are just ethereal to us? If you and your God, Godless, Goddess, <laughs> Godless, God, Godless, and Goddess, like stature, would like to reach out to us. You can reach us at sisterstalkbrothers at gmail.com. And we do encourage that because we do like to interact with gods, goddesses, and and the godless. godless. Yeah. (laughs) We do it all. (laughs) Yes, we love any and all feedback. Let us have it, guys. <laughs> we love any and all entities. We this are, is also true. Any and all entities. We are, are panphilia. Here. Panphilia, okay? That's what that means, right? <laughs> I, I, I guess so. I guess Panphilic. So. I'm attracted to all entities. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I love all entities. Oh, 
Well, I think that's going to do it. Yep, I think that's about all we can say. If we say any more, it'll be dangerous. (laughs) So tune in next week for... More monsters. Uh, Zombies. More brothers arguing. (laughs) More sisters loving. Bye. (laughs) Bye.